Chapter 3 As the princess's 18th birthday drew closer, there were more and more visitors to the palace. Her mucky days outside were constantly being interrupted by the warning bell and she had to rush back and change whenever she was summoned to meet them. The prince of somewhere, the duke of something, the king of some palace over the mountains, all different but all with one thing in common. They were all young and extremely shiny and clean. I don't know, she said to the shepherd boy. What do they all want? What do you mean? What do they all want? Don't you know? You're nearly 18 and they want to marry you. Marry me? She said, shocked. Of course. You're a good-looking princess who will inherit her own kingdom. Who wouldn't want to marry you? This made the princess very uneasy and she spent the next few days leading up to her birthday riding on fairy in a very worried state indeed. But inevitably, her birthday arrived and Queen Fussy told her about all the arrangements for the great ball that had been planned for her. There would be feasting and dancing and all the royal families of all the surrounding kingdoms would be there and perhaps the princess could pick out a suitable husband. The whole thing made the princess very nervous indeed and she stormed about, unable to sleep, trying to think of ways to stop the whole awful thing. It was in the middle of one of these sleepless nights, because it was then that she had all her best ideas, that the princess decided what she would do. On the day of the ball, which was her 18th birthday, the princess put on her very best clothes and the diamond tiara that had been a special present from the king, and sat in the rose garden with her servants until just before the ball was about to start. Right, she said, Hannah and all my loyal servants follow me. And off they went at a run into the dark passageway, out through the wooden door and splashed onto the muddy ground. They ran through the mucky fields and across the stream to the blacksmith's forge where the shepherd boy stood grooming Fairy. She jumped up onto Fairy, her clothes and shoes now covered in mud and her hair hanging loose with sweat. Follow me, servants! Follow me, shepherd boy! She shouted, and they did. Follow me! she shouted to the blacksmith and the people of the village. Why should we? they shouted back. Because she's the princess, shouted the servants and the shepherd boy. The mucky princess! They scratched their heads in amazement, dropped their tools and followed the princess. As they passed the fields, the workers dropped their tools and joined the others. By the time they reached the palace gates, there was quite a crowd. The palace guards looked at them in astonishment and pointed their spears at the pony and its mucky rider. Where do you think you're going? they demanded. I and my friends are going to the ball, she said, because I am the princess. And she waved her tiara as evidence. Oh, all right. Can we come too? the guards asked. You certainly can said the princess, and the crowd cheered as they set off to the ballroom. The palace guard flung open the ballroom door and the princess rode in, followed by the mucky crowd. The guests, in all their shiny, fine clothes, gasped in horror and stepped as far back as they could as the princess and her pony rode through, scattering mud and muck as they went. Finally, she arrived in front of the royal thrones where the king and queen Fussy sat looking in amazement at their daughter. Mother? Father? 
she said. I think it's time we stopped all this shiny business and used our wealth to make things better for all the people of the kingdom. The crowd roared and applauded the princess. Murky! Murky! they shouted. Queen Fussy held her head in her hands and sobbed and the king disappeared behind his throne. Everybody in the ballroom fell silent and waited to see what he was doing. After a couple of minutes, he reappeared with a bag slung over his shoulder and fishing rod in his hand. He took a deep breath, removed his crown, flung it down on his throne and said, I abdicate. Abdicate, replied the crowd in one voice. Yes, abdicate. That's king speak for resign, quit, give up. I'm off to my brother's kingdom to do a spot of fishing. There was a moment's silence, and then all the guests at the ball, all the princes, dukes and barons, ran from the palace as fast as they could. They got into their coaches, jumped onto their horses, and galloped away as fast as they could, leaving only three finely dressed ladies and Queen Fussy behind. "'I can't stay here with all this muckiness!' said Queen Fussy. Sorry, darling. Love you. She blew a kiss to her daughter, gathered up her shiny skirts and ran off to see her sister, who lived in a kingdom not far away. Well, what are you three doing? asked the princess, turning to the last three ladies. We're waiting, said one. Yes, said another. It's what we do. We're ladies in waiting, said the third. Waiting for what? asked the shepherd boy, who had pushed his way to the front of the crowd. For whatever the princess, sorry, our new queen, wants us to do. Well, the first thing you can do, said the princess, sorry, the new queen, is get out of those ridiculous frilly clothes. Oh, thank you, your majesty, they sighed and let down their hair and loosened their buttons. You'll never know what a relief it will be to wear comfortable clothes. The crowd cheered their new queen and chanted, Marky, Marky. Then, as the noise died down, Hannah stepped forward and said, There's just one thing, Your Majesty. Oh, what? she said, while trying on a new crown. There's still the matter of a husband. A husband? I don't need a husband. Anyway, after all this, who's going to want to marry me and all my muckiness? Besides, now I'm going to be queen, I don't have to marry if I don't want to, and nobody can tell me otherwise. I'm afraid it doesn't work like that, Your Majesty. This is a fairy story, and the princess, sorry, new queen, always marries a prince and lives happily ever after. Well, I think all the princes have run off, so this time it's just not possible she said, looking very pleased with herself. The crowd became restless and people started to mutter in disapproval. The shepherd boy, sensing his opportunity, stepped forward and coughed politely. <clears throat> you could always marry me, he suggested. Don't be silly. I can't marry you. And why not? Lots of fairy stories have a royal person marrying an ordinary person. I suppose now you're the queen, I'm not good enough for you. I was all right to play with when we were children, but now... The shepherd boy folded his arms, turned away and began to sulk. No, it's nothing like that, she said. It's just... just your ears. 
My ears, he said, astonished. But I have beautiful ears. People compliment me on them and they can do tricks. With this, he waggled his little pink ears at the ladies-in-waiting who all giggled and smiled and one even swooned because she thought they were so beautiful. Yes, I have heard people say that, but they aren't as long and soft and beautiful as my fairy's ears, she said, stroking her pony's ears fondly. And then there are your teeth. But I have beautiful white teeth, he said in dismay. People compliment me on them. With this, he flashed a broad smile at the ladies-in-waiting, who all giggled and smiled, and one blew him a kiss because she thought they were so beautiful. Yes, I have heard people say that, but they aren't as big and white and sticky out as my fairy's teeth, she said, pulling back her pony's lips and admiring his teeth. And you can tell how old he is by looking at his teeth. Well said the loyal servant. That's all very well, but we won't have anybody to succeed you if you don't find a husband. So you'll have to do what they do in other fairy stories. You'll have to go and find a prince who suits you. And that means a quest. The crowd cheered and chanted, Quest! Quest! Oh, all right, quiet down, said the princess. I've no choice, have I? Very well, I'll go on a quest to find a husband. The crowd cheered again and a saddle was brought for fairy by the palace groom. Saddlebags with food and drink were brought by the palace cook and the captain of the guard gave her his sword in case she needed to defend herself. The shepherd and the ladies-in-waiting helped her into the saddle and she sat before the cheering crowd feeling very nervous. As the crowd grew quiet, the princess promised them that she would find a suitable husband and told them to behave themselves until she got back. They shouted advice as she rode by. Don't eat any poison apples! Stay away from the enchanted forest! Watch out for the dwarves and remember, there are seven of them. It was all too much for her. Please stop! she shouted. I've read all about those as well, so I'm off now, and please, just wave quietly. They did as she asked, and gently waved the mucky princess goodbye and good luck as she rode out of the palace gates and into the setting sun.